Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Please consider supporting Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. Uh, They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United, Y-E-G, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Hey, this is Adam from Toronto, and I support Creative Control because Vish is full stop one of the best arts interviewers in Canada, or anywhere in the world, really. He approaches every episode like he's known the artist for years, creating a conversational atmosphere that gets straight to the heart of the work. No one else in podcasting gets it quite right like he does, with a mixture of meticulous research, wise artistic insights, and well-humored personal connections. I proudly support Vish and Creative Control on Patreon. You should, too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol today. Carl Newman is a prolific, gifted, and critically acclaimed songwriter, singer, and musician currently based in upstate New York. Originally from Vancouver, British Columbia, Newman has released solo material under the name A.C. Newman, and in the 1990s, he had a lead role in influential bands like Zampano and Superconductor. Since 1997, Newman has been the primary songwriter and idea instigator in The New Pornographers, a somewhat fluid music collective whose debut album, Mass Romantic, was released in 2000 and continues to be regarded as one of the finest records of the 21st century. In fact, every record by The New Pornographers is hailed with great fanfare, and their latest is another compelling one called Continue as a Guest, which marks their debut on the roster for Merge Records. Continue as a Guest arrives in the world on March 31st, 2023, and as such, Carl returns to this show for a discussion about things like uh, cats and Nico Case. Being a homeowner these days, life in Woodstock, New York, finding Big Pink and Levon Helm, his recent experience playing music on a cruise ship and hanging out with the likes of Nico and Jeff Tweedy, and our mutual colleague Ben Whiteley, 
how the pandemic, isolation, and existentialism informed the lyrics he wrote for Continue as a Guest, experimenting with topical songwriting, the fraying of humanity and the strengthening of personal relationships, collaborating more with others, writing new songs, tour dates, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control, which is the primary source of revenue for all of the hard work that goes into presenting this show around the world for free. Thank you for supporting uh, my work at uh, patreon.com slash creative control with additional support from Blackbird Music, a wonderful record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and very friendly staff who will help you with anything you need. Actually, say you want to order the new New Pornographers album, continue as a guest. Well, you just go to blackbird.ca, you type type all that information in, and lo and behold, they'll either uh, have it in stock for you if you're in Alberta, or, or they can have it shipped to you. They will ship you the record. That's how it works. That's how the internet works now. Go to blackbird.ca for more information about Blackbird Music. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 763 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Carl Newman of The New Pornographers, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Carl. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm well. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, where in the world are you there? Uh, I'm at home. Me and my cat Snuffkin over here. Yes. That's, Snuff, I, that's Snuffkin over there by my thumb. Yeah, I see Snuffkin. And Snuffkin's doing mm-hmm. a really weird thing at the moment, sort of lying on its back, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, cat, cat's doing weird things. <laughs> what is How, she doing? I don't know. Oh, yeah, she's... She's kind of looking at us upside down. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. How old is uh, Snufkin there? Uh, about a year. What is it? About a year, almost a year and a half now. Nice. We got her on Christmas Day, Christmas 2021. Any fun? Um, is there a good circumstance there? I, I my my cat that uh, died, Gary, unfortunately, when I lived in Guelph, uh, we yeah. inherited from the neighbor. The neighbor moved, the cat would always come to our house, Gary, you know. Then the neighbor moved away, and we saw the neighbor after they moved, and they said, Gary doesn't like the new place. Will you guys keep him? I was like, what? Amazing. Do you have a fun Snufkin story? Well, it's not a fun story, but it it doesn't, it involves a cat dying. Our previous cat, whose name was Little Mai, another Moomin character, she died suddenly uh, in like the fall of 2021. So that was, that was pretty gutting. We hadn't had her for that long. But then Nico knew somebody with kittens. So on Christmas Day, Nico brought Snufkin over oh. and she, when she was like a kitten who was like two months old, maybe. Hmm. And um, yeah, so we got a we got a new kitten on Christmas Day. So it kind of kind of made a kind of made up for some of the heartbreak hmm. of um, losing our other cat. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I will tell you I'm haunted still by the loss of my good friend Gary. He was my cat. I love that guy. And uh, I'm not a replacer. I can't do that right away because people are like, why don't you get a new mm-hmm. cat? Why don't you get a new animal? I'm like, I don't know, man. I I still have this huge Gary-sized hole in my heart and I can't just fill it with a new feline. But I got two kids. I think 
They want it. They want an yeah. animal. They want an animal desperately. So we have to figure this out. That's how it is with our, our son. I think. I think he he really wanted a new kitten. You yeah. know, just to replace yeah. that that spot where um, you know, the other cat was. Yeah. No, I know. I know how it goes. Well, again, nice to see you and Snuffkin. Uh, just to pick mm-hmm. up on what you just said there, are you and Nico kind of neighbors or something, or was she just in town? We're not really, but. We live about five hours apart. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> four, four or five hours apart, which kind of made us neighbors during the pandemic. Right. And that, you know, you were hardly seeing anybody, but I, you know, I saw her. But yeah. So yeah, she made the, she made the trek down here. Yeah. You're in Woodstock, New York. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe the last time you were on the show, you were there. How long have you been there exactly? Almost 14 years now. Yeah. Wow. Next next month it will be fourteen years. Now what prompts uh maybe we covered this the last time, I apologize, but what prompts a West Coast person like yourself to move to sort of upstate New York? Um, well, you know, I you know, I met my wife. My wife used to work at the label Matador Records. So I moved to New York. And then when you're in New York, you know, you start thinking it's the the logical place to come is like up upstate, like two hours away from New York. Yeah. I think that's why people come to Woodstock. It's like the perfect distance. All the towns around here. And um, yeah, we just accidentally found ourselves, you know, liking it up here. I think you can get used to living in a in an apartment and you don't think anything about it. Mm. You think it's but then when you get a house, all of a sudden you realize, why would we live in that apartment? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we can live in the house. Have you owned houses before this one? No, no. It's my first one. Well, I mean, I it's it's great. I like having a house. I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's something. It's something I never thought I would have. You know, and um, especially now, as you know, it feels with every year having a house it seems moves farther and farther out of the reach of regular people. Yeah, of, of yes, every person really that I talk to. I mean, I when I've talked to younger people who are currently in their twenties, they just say, "I'll never own a car. I'll never own a house." They just made that call. They decided economically, I'm not going to do it. So, and then they, well, other- it's a, it's a call that's made for most people, you know, like, yeah, like, like I remember it was, it felt like it wasn't that long ago in Vancouver where a person could just get a house for a hundred or 200,000, you know, like you didn't even have to have much money. Yeah. You could be a poor person to have a house, but like that has long sailed. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now it's like, would you like that tear down shack for one million dollars? You know, I mean, honestly, it's one of the reasons we moved from Ontario to Alberta. I mean, my my wife has family here. We got new jobs, all that kind of thing. But yeah, we we mm. bid, Carl. We bid on like fourteen houses. We had a we mm. owned a, and we owned a house. Like we had, you know, leverage. We would sell our house, but then even then, you're like, where are you going to move? So it is. What 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 town was it? It's, it city? was Guel- it was Guelph, Ontario. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh, that might be the last time we actually were in the same room together. I'm thinking when you might have played a hillside festival event or something like that. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so, yeah I lived in I lived in Guelph for 23 years, uh, and yeah, now I'm in Edmonton, and it's uh, it's something. I don't know if you've spent much time here. Or... I had cousins in Edmonton. My mom's sister Edna lived in um, what was the area called? It was by Londonderry Mall. Okay, I don't. If you know where, if you know where that is. No, I'm still getting used to everything. You know, we moved, we landed here basically January 2020, and then the pandemic happened, and I'm still, you know, 
kind of laying low and also I know stuff. I don't need to use my GPS every time I go anywhere, but Mm -hmm. people are like, what about that area? I'm like, I don't even know. What is that? I I know it's very, it's funny how you stick to your, you you stick to your little neighborhoods. Like there are parts of Vancouver that I, you could put me in parts of Vancouver and I would not know where I was. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Like I would, I would be like, what, what city am I in? Especially now that I haven't lived there for like 17, 18 years. Or it's even around here. There are so many little towns. There are towns like five or ten miles from here that I've never heard of. You know, yeah. like some. There's so yeah. many like little little hamlets. You're near. Uh, what are you near there? New Paltz and places like that, right? Mm, not really near New Paltz. Not that far from New Paltz. That's about forty five minutes away. Oh, is it forty five? Okay. Um, I, uh, yeah. We're near King- Kingston, Ontario. It's like twenty minutes from us. Oh, is it? Wow. Okay, cool. You know, we're about an hour from Albany, about two hours from the city. Okay, I associate uh, that area with a trip I took with a band called Royal City. I was road managing road managing them in two thousand October, mm-hmm. and we uh, we found Big Pink. Are you familiar with the Big Pink? Have yeah, you- it it uh, it's really uh, it's really close to here. And have you have you gone just to look at it? Only to bring people. Uh, okay. Only to bring like musicians. Because uh, it's a weird, when you drive down the road to get there, there are all these signs that say private road. Yes. You know, there's all these signs that are like, don't drive down this road. But I don't think any of them are that serious. Um, no, no. It's not like somebody comes out with a shotgun, you know. But still, I've I've tried not to hang out too much. Like I've driven a few people there and go, well, there it is, you know. Yeah. And and like we we live at we live um just like four minutes from Levon's place where he has the oh. venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the barn. Sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, my son's named after Levon Helm, and uh, oh. I wanted to go uh, to one of those rambles, and I I didn't get a chance. Obviously, he passed away, and uh, anyway, they still that, have them. They still have them. It's just, I know. I wanted to. See, I've, I got to see Levon perform. Levon Helm. I mean, not my son. I have seen my mm-hmm. son perform as well. I should say that. Yeah. But Levon Helm, yeah, I got to see him two, three times in Ontario, and uh, he's a hero of mine. So I, 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 yeah, I'm just saying, I wanted to go down. I, I, it's a pretty small room. Did you ever go to one of those rambles? Have you ever been? Oh, I've been there a ton of times. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, not. A- I, I, I only went to one Levon ramble, but I'm there. I'm there all the time now. And who? I mean, who, it's, it's just down the road. Who, who, who do you go see there? Who are some uh, folks that you've seen perform there? Uh, I saw Courtney Barnett play there solo. Saw Jackson Brown play there. Hmm. Just a bunch of, you know, just a bunch of like, you know, local, local yeah. stuff. I, I saw, I saw the Water Boys doing a, an oh, acoustic wow. duo there. I, I forget. Oh, I saw Parquet Courts there once. Um, oh, cool. I'm going to see Glenn Hansard tomorrow. Nice. Good for yeah, you. Yeah. It's, That's uh, great. well, yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty tight with Amy Helm. Oh, nice. Like, uh, Levon, like Levon's her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Like our, our son and her son have been friends for years, so oh, nice. We're kind of very entwined with that whole, the whole Helm family scene. Yeah, there's a connection too with this great new record of yours that I want to get to uh, in a second, uh, as far as I can recall. Maybe you can correct me, but uh, before we get to that, uh, for, first of all, if I haven't said so already, Carl, congratulations on this wonderful new record. It's uh, been playing around my house. The the family is loving it. Uh, oh, great! My wife's a huge fan of yours, so uh, she's been she's been digging it. So I want to get into it in cool. a moment. 
I did run into a mutual friend of ours uh, recently, and I don't quite understand what this means. But they they suggested I ask you about a cruise ship. Were you on a cruise who, ship? Who who who, who, who was <laughs> who, who was it? It was during the Juno's weekend. It was a friend of mine named Ben. Uh, he was. Oh, playing, I know. Yeah, Ben. Ben, ben White. What's his last? Whiteley. Ben Whiteley. Yeah. 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 And he mentioned he's a cool that. Cool guy. Yeah. He's a really sweet guy. And I, I've known him a, a little while. And, uh, the Junos were, the Juno Awards in Canada happened to take place in Edmonton this year. They rotate around, uh, provinces and cities and all that kind of thing every year. So I ran into some people and he said, uh, it came up that, uh, I was talking to someone, another mutual friend of ours, and it came up that you and I were going to have a chat. He said, well, you should ask uh, Carl about the cruise ship. So all I know is I'm supposed to say, Carl, can you tell us something about a cruise ship that you were on? Well, no, it was, it was, I was playing with, I was playing in Nico's band and we did this thing called Kayamo, which was like, uh, I guess essentially an, an Americana cruise, but it also just felt like a generic cruise filled with senior citizens. <laughs> but Je- like Jeff Tweedy and Andrew Bird and Nico were three of the, the headlining acts. Yeah, it was, it was very surreal. I'd never been on a cruise before, but one of the cool, one of the cool parts of it was I knew Liam Kazar, who plays, who was playing in Jeff Tweedy's band. And so one morning, one morning he said, Hey, we, we're having a little coffee club. You know, we make pour over coffee in the, in the cafeteria. So I said, Hey, can I come? So for about, so for about five or six days, we had this like little hangout coffee club. And that's where I met Ben. And, you know, it was like, okay. It was a, a, a lot of cool people who are mainly Jeff Tweedy's band, like Courtney Marie Andrews and Macy Stewart from like Phenom Ohm and uh, Jim. God, what's his name? Jim Elkington, who's a really oh, yeah. great guitar player. James Elkington. But so yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah so it was. Uh, that part of it was cool. <laughs> so to, to, to kind of meet new and hang out with new people. And Ben and what was the name of the band he plays with? Jeremy. Well, Jeremy Al- Albino. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was subbing in that band. He, I think he told me. Yeah, he doesn't normally play with Jeremy. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was so it was it was cool to that 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 part of it was cool, but being stuck on a ship in the middle of nowhere was really kind of messed up. You yeah, really you, you, you really feel the call of the siren. Occasionally you're just <laughs> occasionally you're just staring at the endless abyss and yeah, it calls to you. Oh no, that sounds bad. I think I would be a little freaked out being trapped on a ship. I don't swim, so if I anything went bad, I'd, I'd probably be a little weird. I don't out. think We're, it matters if you can swim. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. You could be the best swimmer in the world. That's that terrifies me. But the actual you can float. Exp- you, you can you can you can just float. Just fall in and float. I, I'm not buoyant. I, that's part of the problem. I just sink uh, like a stone. I can't, I don't understand what's wrong with me. But my point was maybe it's a bone density thing. I don't know. My point is, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. The actual experience of playing on a cruise ship was that much different than a normal show or was it like, yeah, this is just, a- it was really windy. The first show we did was on, uh, on the pool deck and it was an outdoor stage and it was insanely windy. Hmm. That, that part was not that great. But then the other venue was like a really nice venue that it felt like a nice theater and it, it took up like two decks. Like it was on like deck five and deck six because it was like a high venue that just seemed like a normal theater. Huh. That was nice. I, it was a, <laughs> what was interesting about it was that I don't think it sold that well. So you'd be watching Andrew Bird and there'd only be like 300 people there. Mm. You know, or mm. 
maybe. And you'd be watching Jeff Tweedy and it like, oh, there's not that many people here. And that part, it was kind of it was kind of cool in that way. Yeah. And that like you're seeing these people that you would never see in such a relaxed environment. Yeah. Because you're out in the middle of <laughs> you're out in the middle of the ocean and it costs whatever, five thousand a person to, wow. to be on the cruise. I, or I, whatever it costs. Yeah. What's the security situation at a show like that? Like, you know, in a club, someone's being unruly, you hoof them out. What happens if someone's being a, a jerk on a cruise ship? Do they toss them overboard? I don't know. I've, I don't know. I have a feeling, um, I think security keeps themselves very low, you know? <laughs> um, you know, like very low profile. Cause I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't notice any security around except for like maybe some people who are working the stages. I mean, right. maybe they doubled, maybe the local crew doubled as security as well. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you're not allowed to bring a weapon on board. So if, 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 if a fight was going to break out, it would have been people swinging guitars at each other. Right. Uh, right. Maybe throwing drumsticks, which, which could, could cause damage. Absolutely. I'm sorry I went dark with that. I was just curious. I'm trying to picture what it would be like to, to have a venue on the sea. And I can kind of imagine it, but it sounds like you, overall, it sounds like you really enjoyed it. You know, I, I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was alternately fun and absolutely like miserable. Yeah. And it sometimes just felt like I was on acid. Like I don't, I don't drink anymore. Yeah. So it was weird. It was one of those situations where everything around you is so off and so surreal. Yeah. It just makes you feel like you're on drugs. Right. You're just like, why am I here? It feels like a dream. Like, why are we floating around in the middle of the ocean? You know, and it, it just, it just makes you, it just makes you feel a little, a little bit insane. Well, it's a fascinating thing for someone to do uh, after some period or measure of being isolated and locked down uh, on land because of this pandemic. And then the next thing you know, I'm, I mean, it's I'm sure it's been a while since you felt uh, truly, uh, you know, penned in. Your, well, sorry, I shouldn't say that. In fact, this might be a nice segue to get to uh, the material on this brilliant new record. Uh, because I, my understanding is it, it, the lyrics and maybe even some of the production was informed by the fact that you were somewhat isolated and separated from uh, some of your bandmates. Have I captured that in uh, some sort of accurate way? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that really came across. Like, like I wasn't trying to make an isolated se- sounding record. No, it doesn't sound know, that but, way. Yeah, but I think it it does have. There might be a sound that's unique to the fact that a lot of it was created, you know, by me in the studio. And, you know, not not being an, an engineer, I think I was just kind of feeling my way around recording myself. And I think I was making, like, creative decisions that maybe a better engineer wouldn't have made. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I was making weirder, uh, more lo-fi decisions. But, yeah, I think I think that... That definitely gives it a different a different vibe. Well, uh, and and sorry, were you able to convene the band in a room and make it uh, together? Well, we're never we're never all together in the same room. Haven't been for years, right? Yeah, like I mean, forever. Like Mass Romantic wasn't made by a bunch of us sitting in a room together and smashing it out. Yeah, there was never more than like three of us. Right. The most it was ever together was it would be me and the bassist and the drummer. Right. Like, that's about as close as we would get. 
to a full band. I mean, maybe Todd would be there occasionally or Catherine, but mainly we would go when we get together in the studio, we're just trying to get the drums. Yeah, we're course. usually just trying to get good sounding drums. And then after that, we're like, okay, we can, we, we can, we can overdub and we can go crazy. I think we've always just been a big fan of the studio as like a place to be creative. Yeah. Not, you know, not, not just a place where you press record, but the place where you, you mess around and you figure out new ways to arrange the song and you're writing in the studio. Like for me, like writing and recording and mixing are all very similar. And those three things, I don't think any of them are ever done until the last moment. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like the moment the song is finished, then finally the writing, recording, the mixing is done. Cause they're all, to me, they're all tied together. So you, but you're saying you, in the way your band has worked almost in, since its inception, you might be, cause I mean, Carl, I talked to a lot of people, as you might know, who have had to adapt to the circumstances they've been in in the last three years. So bandmates isolated, blah, 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 sending files to each other, these sorts of things to figure out songs. Um, it sounds to me like you're saying you guys were kind of custom built for such an environment in some way. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we, we really were like, yeah. um, a lot of it just felt like business as usual. Like, uh, I mean, it was it was more difficult, but like there was a point during the pandemic where I knew our drummer was going to be nearby. So I said, let's book two days in a studio and I don't even know what we're going to do. I'm going to bring in songs I'm working on and just drum on as many of them as we can because yeah. you're here, yeah. you're nearby and, and let's let's use time. Yeah. And we're still doing that. Like, our drummer is also playing with Nico. Right. So we, we had a day off in this last tour. So we said, let's go to a studio. Let's do a day of drumming, you know, yeah. because we're together yeah. and we got to use our time. And, and when I was in Vancouver last year, it was the same thing. Let's, let's go into a studio for two days in Vancouver and do some more recording because we got, we got to use our time together, you know, whenever we can. Yeah, I feel like I made a mistake earlier when I suggested you might have done some tracking at uh, one of the Levon Helm studios. That isn't the case, actually. No, no, I don't. I mean, we we did a small amount of stuff at the the Levon Helm studio, but nothing really like tracking. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I just like I think. Yeah, I think we tweaked we tweaked the mixes a little bit in there, but yeah. Sorry, I just want like we. It's, I, I'm just correcting myself because I think I alluded to that and I realized I misspoke. Sorry about that. <laughs> you did most of this where then? And uh, when you said your uh, your drummer was around? Uh, well, uh, well, God, what is the name of the? Is I don't even remember the name. Little of Blue, studio. Little we Blue, is that the one? No, that's that's my home. That's studio. your home studio. That's what I was trying to get at. So you, um, you do have a home we studio did a, as well. Okay, yeah. We did a lot of the mixing at my friend Pete Hanlon's place. He has he has a home studio a few miles from us. So yeah, we mixed a lot with him, which worked out very nicely. Mm -hmm. We we live in an era. I I mean, it's it's great to go to a really cool studio, but it is great that we live in an era where you can make a record like with very little equipment. Yeah, you know, like we like you don't need, and it's always been that way. You know, you don't you listen to some folk recordings from a hundred years ago, and you think, yeah. You yeah. don't need much to get a good recording. Now, I, I just want to also clarify that I, it doesn't sound to me like you made an I uh, the sonically, aesthetically, it doesn't sound like an isolated record or a sparse record. It's a fully fleshed out and beautiful, uh, whatever pop rock record. And I just want to clarify that for those who haven't heard it yet, and I urge you to mm-hmm. check it out. I urge you to check it out. One of the 
places I was trying to go, though, was in terms of what we've been going through and what you've been going through over the last three, four years, do you feel like that has permeated your lyrics here? Because I pick up on some things, but of course, because of the context, I'm probably reading into them a little bit. I'll confess that to you. Like if even a song like Bottle Episodes, for example, I'm like, oh, that seems to indicate a kind of stasis that we've been in and trying to break out of, you know, and and it feels also the thing about a bottle episode, for those who don't know, on a TV show is that it's kind of an anomaly. It's kind of this, yeah. this moment where a show decides we're just going to do everything cheap and in one place and we're not going to be moving around like we would on the other episodes of our uh, series. And that kind of uh, just the notion of that appealed to me, yeah. uh, compelled me to be like, that's kind of what this has been like <laughs> for a yeah, lot of people. I think, I think it was on my mind. And the weird thing was, I, I think I started writing that song before the pandemic. Maybe, maybe I didn't. Because hmm. I think I, it, it's a song that I think slowly morphed into being more about isolation and the pandemic, just because that that's what I was living in, Yeah, you know? But yeah, it's, it was, I mean, it was hard to avoid. It was difficult to write at a time when you thought, what is there to write about except what we are all going through? You know, like, yeah. well, like we were all, we are all going through the same thing. And that doesn't mean I want all music to be about that, but it was, it was hard to write anything like any, anything that didn't touch on the, it felt like bullshit to me. You know, like I, I, it didn't feel honest. So I feel like there's, this record isn't necessarily all about isolation and the and the pandemic, but a lot of the feelings that the isolation and the pandemic brought out, I think, are on this record. Like just the the idea of continue as a guest, which is something you read on the internet every day when you're buying something, but mm. you start asking yourself, like, am I a part of this culture? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like what am I a part of here? What a what am I separate from? What am I, what am I a part of? And yeah, you start asking yourself all these questions about your, your life and, you know, and you start asking yourself, but who am I as a musician now? You know, what am I, what purpose do I serve in this world? Does it matter? Yeah. We had, we had, we had too much, we had too much time on our hands to think about things. Was it too much or was it maybe necessary? I feel like we, that's the big thing for me. And I think other people I've spoken to, uh, I want to be clear that, um, as we're speaking, uh, for most of the world, we're on the other side of a thing that is still kind of happening. So it gets a little confusing. Are you looking for Snufkin? Oh, there he is. I see. Snufkin. Yeah, there she yeah. is. <laughs> she, sorry. Um, my point was going to be, um, yeah, everyone, the weird part of this fractured landscape that you're describing of like, where do I fit in is that even in this, there are, you know, I took my kid to a show, uh, which I rarely go to these days. It was a theater show to see a fellow named Andy Schaff. Yeah. You know, we put on our masks because we, that's what we're used to doing and we're trying to protect ourselves. And we were probably the only people other than those. St- it's always what I find weird, Carl, is if I go to something, a store or a venue, everyone working is wearing the masks. Uh, yeah. And, and it's just like me and my family or my son and the staff. And I'm like, okay, who, <laughs> what is happening here? Because, and I only raise this because you do on this brilliant song, Marie and the Undersea. I just want to quote a lyric, uh, the first, uh, is it okay if I quote uh, the first uh, verse here? Sure. 
You wake up, your nose still raw and still out of place, and all the lines left from your mask tattooed on your face. You've come to know there's only sleep and there's never rest. There is no room for imagination, someone once said. That is a very profound verse. Those lyrics recur and... um that captures a lot. I, I've talked to a lot of artists who are trying to figure out a way to talk about this moment in time without talking about masks or or whatever, remote work and, you know, all the buzzwords. Uh, but you're right. How do you not talk about this specifically? How do you not use specific language about this weird moment in time? Well, that that one was one of the first songs I wrote the lyrics to. And I think I was having trouble writing lyrics because it all seemed like bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like, what can I write that doesn't seem like bullshit? So I thought this song is just going to be about a nurse. Yeah. Like I, I, I was just, and I took it, I did it Phil Oak style. I was just reading the news. I was just reading like nurses stories about being in the emergency room. Yeah. And that's an exact quote. There is no room for imagination because that somebody, somebody was talking about, being stuck in the chaos of an emergency room. And I just thought, what a poetic, what a poetic way to put it. Like you're, you're stuck in a place where there is no room for imagination. Yeah. So yeah. I try, I tried to credit them in the song by just saying someone once said, yeah. just so nobody thinks I came up with that myself. But I thought, yeah, I'm just going to try and tell a story that's outside of me because I, I, I was just feeling like, who cares? Like I was thinking, who cares about, what I think about this, you know. Sure. Who cares what I think about the pandemic? Who cares about me being stuck at home? Everybody's stuck at home. Who cares? We're all, you know, there's nothing interesting or unique about where I am right now. So that song, I thought, I was trying to just break out of myself and go, I'm going to write about somebody else. And then I felt, I felt good about it. I thought, okay. Like, it felt nice just to write, you know, write, write something that really had nothing to do with me. Hmm. Well, I mean, I will say you invoked continue as a guest as a kind of term that provoked a kind of an existential thought in you. Like, what does that mean if we're not mm-hmm. part of something? And when I, when I invoke the fact that my son and I and the staff at places are often these days still the only ones that are bothering to potentially wear a mask. And that's not exactly true. I don't want to, there were other people, but that's how I feel. I don't really feel part of stuff right now i'm and i don't mean to be sorry carl this isn't about me i just want you to know that that phrase and that song has spoken to me in that exact way like i do feel like i was a part of this i was part of society and in a way and had my criticisms of it and was trying to think critically all the time but i also didn't usually succumb to peer pressure and all those sorts of things you know i've never i've never drank i've never I've I've always just sort of been my myself, and now I feel really people like me. I guess uh, I think are still feeling like guests all of a sudden and not part of things. Is that well? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's very strange, especially like like you were saying, like nobody's nobody's wearing masks anymore. Nobody seems to be too worried about it. Yeah, people are still dying. You like like more people are dying every week than. You know, in the early pandemic when everybody was the most freaked out. And and, and so more all, people, the more musicians I talk to, like Carl, I've talked to musicians who have told me, yeah, I, I got it in January 2022. And I said, oh, are you OK now? They're like, I have brain fog on stage. 
I can't remember what song we're playing for moments. I'm like, oh shit. Other musician, I talked to another one, same time frame. Got it January 2022. These are people who did everything. The masks and the vaccines and everything. And they said, yeah, I, I'm like, how you doing? I got half my sense of smell back. I'm like, Jesus, like that, that part of it, which they said would happen, everyone has ignored. And I, I don't know where I'm coming from <laughs> is I, I have kids. I, I value living. I've tried to, I like yeah. living and I like my heart and my brain because they're pretty essential. I've, I've, I've read some books. Yeah. And apparently your brain and your heart absolutely integral if you want to live. And, uh, this, this is what they said would happen and people still ignored it. But, you know, you invoke the fact that you quit drinking and my whole life people have been doing shit that they, they, you know, there's enough evidence that smoking and drinking and eating yeah. certain foods are bad for you. So maybe this is just part of that. I don't know. And I didn't mean to go down this road, but I feel like some. I of- mean, I think, I think people, most people just have to experience it firsthand. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Like I remember that feeling like I didn't get COVID till like September of last year. It yeah. was the end of September last year. And there's a sense of like, well, it's two and a half years into it. Am I going to get, you know? Yeah. Maybe I'm not going to get it. Maybe yeah. we're not going to get it. And, uh, yeah, and you, and you start thinking, you know, oh, I guess I won't get it. And I think it's, it's just this feeling of like, I don't know what you call it. Is it, is it magical thinking? Yeah. You, you just, you just, it's like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. It's happening to you. It's not going to happen to me. And people just kind of put their head in the sand. And I think that's how people, people get through it. And it's, it's hard not to fall into that because I don't want to wear masks all the time. Oh, it's horrible. I, I, I tell you, I was at that Andy Schaff show and I don't, I get, I've just, I've discovered, I think that I'm a bit claustrophobic. That's one thing I've learned because I actually, mm-hmm. do, I, I'm a very, I'm a proponent of wearing them to protect everyone, but I don't as a glasses wearer and someone who just, I get, I get fucked. I get, it fucks me up the whole time at that show. Every 10 minutes, I'd be like, you can breathe. You're okay. Just relax. Like, I'm just telling you, that's how I feel. Uh, and that's why I also don't enjoy, I don't enjoy it as much. This is about my own problems. I'm just telling you where I'm coming from, but I don't think I'm alone in it. But my point is, I feel like it's safe to say some of this stuff is permeated the writing, even, I cited a very specific example of you being Phil Oaksey, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. from your reckoning, and I don't mean to have you do a memory jog of your catalog, is this unusual for you to write this way, to look at the news and try to think of things? Oh, very, very much so. Yeah. Um, I think it started me, that song in particular, it started me thinking like, okay, this is like, it felt new to me. Like, everybody does that. Like, that's how most songs are. Most songs just tell a little story. But I'd never worked that way. I think I'd always, I'd always worked in just a more a weirder, more impressionistic way. Like, I was never, I was never concerned about that. I never wanted to be that person. So, for me, like, writing songs that, that are more straightforward like that felt like a new thing. And it felt kind of like a challenge. Yeah. Because I realized, like, yeah, I never wanted to write like that, but and because I never wanted to, I guess I never learned to write like that, you know? Yeah. And so I felt like, even though I've been writing for a long time, I felt like, I've okay, I'm moving into a kind of songwriting that I haven't spent that much time doing. So it was um, 
like this, this, so this record continue as a guest and the one I'm currently working on, I feel like there, there's a, there's a sense of like trying to like, like boil songs down and be like, what is necessary? Like if, if a line isn't necessary, like get rid of it. Like, is it necessary in telling the story of the song? If not get rid of it. Yeah. Whereas in the past, in the past, I would just put a cool line in just cause I liked it. It would be like, I don't know what the hell this means. And it has nothing to do with the rest of the song, but I really like it. So it would go in. Yeah. But now I'm, I've changed like, Oh no, it's, it's a great line, but it doesn't fit. So it has to go. Well, you know, there will be a compulsion among people like me to ask you because of the context of when you made the record and maybe how you made the record of thinking about the pandemic and isolation. But the more I delve into it, there's a few things that occur to me. Um, I, I, and I'll ask you about them in some sort of order. I, I pick up on more faith-based stuff here and there, just invocations of, of religious figures. Oh. Yeah. And I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll mention that in a second. But where I wanted to go first is, it's interesting to me that you are saying that you don't normally write about, let's call it contemporary news. However, continue as a guest is an internet kind of phrase. Uh, there's a yeah. lot, there's some great, you talk about cool lines, uh, in the song about, uh, you know, where is it? Pontius Pilate's, uh, home movies. You've got this great line here that I just lost. Uh, you want to start again, but you need to count in though. On three, we burst through the Overton window and fall through the kaleidoscope of your mentions. You're buried in a, in daydream. You think it's an entrance. That's a very, to me, sorry, I hear mentions and I hear, I think of social media. I think of the internet. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's very much, it's very much a social media song. Yeah. And so you've got this like, so where I'm coming from, it's maybe it's not about isolation, but it seems to me that you're really spurred on by the notion of information. You know how we used to call the internet <laughs> the information superhighway? Like you seem to be like, I'm actually going to take what's in front of us that we're all going through and try to process it in my own poetic way. That's what I'm picking up on. Is there anything there? Def- definitely. Uh, that that song was about anybody who's been on social media notices how just the craziest wrong things are juxtaposed. You know, like I was just talking about it recently, how like there will be a, there'll be something horrible will happen. There'll be like a bombing or a school shooting, something hideous. But then the next thing in your feed is somebody making a hilarious joke. Yes. You know, like you're taking in all this information and there is no if you're when you're on social media, there is just no focus to it. It's, it's it, it is like all this information and. Yeah, if something important is going on, a lot of people are writing about the same thing, but it's always filtered through a lot of yeah, absolute bullshit. So that song, I, I wanted it to be just uh I wanted the form of it to be like a lot of a lot of like catchphrases that seem kind of random and thrown together, but I was, you know, trying to tell <laughs> trying trying to tell the story of uh, you know, how poisonous um social media can be without being too preachy about it. No, but I, more, more yeah. of a more, more of the way that more of the way that Lou Reed sang about heroin. And it was like, you, you can't tell if he likes it or dislikes it. It's just kind of there. <laughs> so I think, I think that, I think that song Pontius Pilate's home movies is supposed to be a similar thing. Right. Like, like, like it or like it or hate it. This is what, 
this is what it feels like to me. For the record, I just read uh, recently read uh, Anthony de Curtis's uh, biography of Lou Reed, and uh, for the record, I I believe he did really like heroin. Uh, I just oh, I just yes. want to point that out. No, I I find it fascinating what you're getting at with that the way the scroll works, where you're absolutely correct. The same topic, however tragic, will elicit. Uh, politicization on either side of the spectrum that's that's a given like either side will try mm-hmm. to politicize the thing then you get the jokes then you get the mm. calls to action no sorry first you get the calls to action to try to fix something and then th- that is fleeting then there's the jokes mm. then there's just trending topic and gone i wonder if what you're getting at with the internet and our way of dealing with it and the way information is presented to us, like you say, in this weird flurry of moods <laughs> is as isolating as anything we've just gone through. Like to me, we're so fractured and alienated uh, and desensitized. Sorry, you invoke the fact that more people are dying now than ever and people are still ignoring it and still not following the things. Mm-hmm. I feel like we are completely dehumanized. We, 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 people don't even, there's statistics. These aren't real people. Like, that's why they don't wear it. No one's doing anything to protect themselves or like, meanwhile, like, I'm sorry. It's very sad. Like every week I hear of someone who's died prematurely and no one's, and that's what they said would happen too. And I feel like I don't understand where we're at. And I feel like the internet and what you're getting at in some of your songs here is trying to tap into that. Like, what are we doing? Well, I I mean, mean, the quest, I, 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 I guess the big question is, is the inter- is the internet making it worse or can- are we just having trouble dealing with the fact that the internet is really exposing human nature yeah. to us on a yes. grand scale and yes. maybe we do not like we do not like what we see in the same way that um I think Trump winning in 2016 yes. was jarring because all of a sudden you had to realize wait people are way worse than I thought <laughs> like, like, like I, th- I thought I was cynical. I thought I was cynical about people, but I wasn't nearly cynical enough. People are worse than I imagined. My friend who tries to tap out of stuff was at stuck at the Kelowna airport because his, I mean, he was kept overnight. A routine flight was canceled, which is normal these days. But he said a fight broke out in front of me in the airport. And I wrote back, that's really normal. And he's like, no, it's not. I'm like, are you kidding? Like every two days, there's a viral video of people fighting on an airplane or in the airport, or at a restaurant. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, he, I, I was trying to argue with him that it's Trump. And I know that sounds... I'm telling you, man, people have been so emboldened. I was involved. I just told the story on an, on an episode with a comedian that was on Nathan McIntosh. I was involved in a road rage accident, and I was just... I did nothing. Mm-hmm. A guy tried to attack me in a parking lot because he assumed I cut him off, but I was going 15... <laughs> he was trying to cut me off, and it didn't work, and then he got mad at me. I'm telling you... People are so emboldened and they don't treat human beings human anymore that it's yeah. spilling into violence and a disregard. The guy tried to sideswipe me in my car with his car. Like it, the nihilism involved in that over nothing. I'd never shared a word with this fellow. I didn't even see. And I'm, you know, I'd love to see some surveillance footage to make sure I'm in the right. But I was yeah. just driving 10 kilometers an hour and he couldn't get in and he got mad at him. He was mad at himself tried to fucking attack me. And I was like, I'm fucking 45. I've never been in a fight in my life mm-hmm. since like a grade school. What the hell is happening? I'm just trying to go to the Costco to feed my family. Yeah. Give me a break. 
And what I'm getting at is I feel like, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm getting at, but I feel like some of this is not the violence part, but I think you're trying to figure out human interactivity right now quite a bit on this record. And uh, I don't know if you feel any sense of, you know, trying to figure out human interactivity and, uh, and my, my general, my general take is maybe just stay outside of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, um, yeah. That's not well, good I mean, though. I, I, Carl, I think that's, that's not like, good. <laughs> like, like a song, like a, a song, like last and beautiful. Yeah. I think I'm just very simply trying to say like, yeah, like sometimes I want to leave society behind and find some better place, but you don't want to be by yourself. <laughs> you know, you, you, yeah. you need somebody with you and which is maybe just your family or the one you love. But, you know, I think you kind of need a society as well. You know, you need a community. You do. And I mean, the, the refrain you're referring to in that song is I don't want to go by myself. Come with me. But one of the things that really stuck out for me and I, I you know, I hate to pry too much or, or spill too many beans. But, you know, I'm always intrigued by what you write, Carl. Uh, it was done dotted all the eyes but one deal was done dotted all the eyes but one that really stuck out to me as a really clever thing but it's very mysterious um do you have any insights about that what about dotted all the eyes but one but one yeah well yeah i mean in, in that in that sense it's just kind of like i think i put that as a kind of that kind of turns it into more of a love song you yeah, know like, there are some love songs like, here I, yeah yeah it's like i can do all of these things it's like I can do all of these things, but the one thing that's missing is that I need you with me, you know? Yeah. But that's the other side of this because I, I know I've maybe uh, incorrectly, I, I maybe incorrectly suggested there's some critical analysis and cynicism on this record. But the other side of this experience for me is that it's made my love bigger for my family and it's it, it has made me value people more is what I'm trying to get to. It's not... I, I'm very sickened by how devalued and dehumanized people are, but it's made me realize that that's something we should be more self-aware about. Uh, there are many instances on on here where I think you're expressing love and longing uh, to people um, and, and the tension there uh, with those kinds of relationships. Um, has your love gotten bigger <laughs> in this time? Well, I think when you when you have to go, like going through something like a pandemic with, with somebody, with, with your family, you're like, it it can be tough. And also like, I think when you've been, when you're in a relationship for like a long time, it's like, they change your relationship with your wife or husband or whoever in this first six months is different from what it is in year 15. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, and, and it, and it should be, but I think people, everybody hates that. You know, you know, I think people across the world, like hate or like, why can't we just stay in the honeymoon period? You know, like why isn't, why isn't every day like the day we met? Why, why isn't, you know, why isn't every day like when we were only together for like four months? Yeah. And I think it's, and it's because, well, yeah, yeah, everything changes and all of a sudden you have a child and all of a sudden, all of a sudden there's, you realize like this child is more important than either of us. Yeah. And, and we, and we we both agreed that, that we we kind of live for if if you're a good parent at least you know i think i think there's a, a general sense that like now we have to, we have to live for this <laughs> we we have to live for this 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 child Absolutely. And, yeah. and and this is and this is another thing that unites us in a 
in a completely new way. Yeah. When when you start dating somebody, you're I don't think anybody's imagining at that point in the future where all of a sudden all of a sudden your relationship becomes centered around this this other person, you know? And and like it's it's the history of humanity. You know, since since we showed up, but nobody's figured it out. You know, nobody's written any good guidebooks to navigate it yet. Well, this situation has obviously both strengthened and destroyed bonds. I mean, the, I remember reading mm-hmm. in the early days that the, the divorce rates were higher than they've ever been. But at the same time, I talk to lots of musicians, but I often wind up somehow talking to uh, the spouses of musicians who are like, this is amazing that my partner is here all the time to help me and they're not on tour and then the shift mm-hmm. back to normalcy when I've talked to, I was just talking to a friend of mine and I said, how's it going? And he said, well, my wife is struggling because I'm not there to help with, you know, our son. And it's been a weird mm-hmm. ride, man. I think it's really tested and strengthened a lot of relationships. You know, I feel fortunate. My wife and I are mostly in our house working from home all the time and it's been great. We have lunch together and it's lovely. Um, but I know. Well, yeah, I think. I think it was easier. Like, it's a kind of a similar thing with my wife and I. We would always see each other, you know? But I think a lot of couples, their relationship is built on them not seeing each other very yeah. much. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah. it's built, it's built on like 10 hours of the day. They don't see each other. Yeah. So if you take those people and all of a sudden it's like, no, you guys have to spend all your days <laughs> together. That changes, you know, that, that changes it, you know, um, especially if you're in an apartment, especially if you can't get away from each other. So, I mean, I mean, I think we're in a pretty, we were in a good situation here because we have our house and we have a few acres. Yeah. And even, even though we were, you know, we're, we're both home a lot because, you know, we work at home. I work at home. She does a lot of work at home, but we can also like go to our different places. I can go to my studio, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 important to have your your places to go. Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent. I I I'm conscious of the time. Uh, I want to. I know you had a couple of collaborators, uh, sort of uh, both uh, internal to the band. <laughs> I'm I'm referring to Dan Behar, who kind of seems to float in and out of the new pornographers universe in some uh, way. Um. Yeah. I mean. I guess. I mean, he hasn't really been. He hasn't been on a record since Real Bruisers, but um, he just did some shows with us on the oh, where we great. played Master Magic at Twin Cinema. Yeah. Also on this one, uh, I just called I just called him up and said, "Hey, I, I think I want to interpolate really, really light. I just want to take the chorus and write a new song around it." And he went, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> you know, I thought I I thought I should bring it up with him. Yeah. Like, do you care if I do this? And he was like, "No." It's crazy. It's great. And you kick off the record with it. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, that's what I wanted to get to. Um, uh, and sorry, the other person you collaborated with, at least one other person sort of, uh, oh, say, say, Sadie Dupuis. Right. From Speedy Ortiz. So, from Speed, Speedy Ortiz yeah. and Sad 13. Yeah. Wh- how did that come about? I just wrote her on Twitter. Huh. I just knew she was a good writer and I, I was kind of, I was feeling stuck. And so I thought, Hey, do you have any ideas here? And she, she came back to me pretty quickly and then I, yeah, I just kind of, I rewrote the song and kind of moved lines around and yeah, and that, and that was what I needed. Sometimes I know I'm alone on the song. Sometimes I know like I have to do it, but on this one I thought, I just thought I'm going to reach out 
And it, it, it worked out very well because the title of the song was hers. And once, once we had the title, Firework and the Falling Snow, yeah. I felt, okay, yeah. I, I felt like I could see the end. Okay, now the song's got a title now. Is, is that unusual for you to reach out to someone uh, on Twitter and, and ask to collaborate? Yeah, I feel like I've done it a few times. Uh, it, it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't work. It's like asking girls to the prom. I guess you know. Who, maybe the who first. Have you, who, who have you asked uh, and it didn't work out? No, I mean, I shouldn't say it. Does, it doesn't work out, but um, I mean, sometimes I've written to people and they just haven't written me back, and I thought, well, fair enough. I'm the same person. I'm the person who doesn't write back as well. Um, okay, occasionally, occasionally I've asked Nico, you know, hey, do you have any like lyrics I could use? But I don't. Uh, that hasn't really worked. I mean, I've written, I've written songs for her where she gives me the lyrics and then I, I give them back to her. Yeah. But it's, there's never been a case where I, you know, she gave me lyrics and I wrote my own song. I've done it a little bit with Dan. There's a, a a cool song that me and Will Chef wrote together. Will from Ockerville River. Mm-hmm. He he sent me a demo of it, and I thought this is really cool, but it's not mine. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's not it's, it's not a, it's not a song for us. It's probably right. your song now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a. I don't know. I've never really been big. I mean, there there. I mean, I don't want to name names or anything, but there are some people that I admire hugely who have reached out to me to uh, write together through the years and for whatever reason i've just thought nah you know hmm. Hmm. i like I, I just couldn't figure out how to do it but you know so, but something has shifted in you since you're the one doing the reaching out now to ask people something is or, or i mean even to ask dan about an interpolation but like something's going on you you're feeling like you want to reach out and collaborate maybe a bit more i don't know i mean i don't feel like that now <laughs> <laughs> you know like 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 i mean I'm, I'm doing a lot of writing now and i'm just kind of I'm just kind of happily writing things myself, you know, like I feel, I feel like I'm kind of getting in the swing of it, Yeah. but sometimes you don't feel in the swing of it. Sometimes you just feel a little blocked and you just want, what can I do to get out of it? You know what you can do to get out of it is take a cruise. I hear it just clears your mind, the ocean and the camaraderie. I don't, I don't know if it did, (laughs) although I did write it. I wrote a song about being stuck on a cruise <laughs> that's probably going to be on our next record, but I, but I kind of finished it before I went on the cruise. Oh, weird. That's like, weird. I, like I went on, I went on the cruise just to see if I caught, if I nailed it, you know, because I just imagined what it would be like to be stuck on a cruise. Huh? And, uh, and so after I finished the cruise, I thought, oh, okay, I think I got it. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of obvious things. I mean, everybody knows the places you would encounter on a cruise ship. You know, I can imagine you, you, them. Yeah, I can you know, there's going to be a pool. You know, there's going to be a pool. You know, there's going to be a deck. You know, there's going to be a bar. You know, shuffleboard. Pretty... Is there shuffleboard? Yeah, there's yeah. shuffleboard. Yeah, that's the stereotype. That's the only thing I can think of. And the love boat. I, didn't, I, 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 I didn't play it, but um. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to bring it back to the sea. I'm just uh, was making a joke. It sounds like uh, you uh, are doing well, and I appreciate that. So on that note. Uh, thank you for this conversation about this record. Is there anything more you want to say about it that we maybe? I, I know at this point people are still processing it. People like me. Um, are you encountering things that have surprised you in the conversations you've had, or are there things you're wary of people misinterpreting? Anything like that? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm. I feel like I just have questions. 
Like, I know I'm here to be interviewed, but a lot of the time I just want to say, like, I don't know. What do you think about it? Right. Like, you know, like I'm like I'm so I'm so inside of it. I have no perspective. Like, I'm just kind of curious what people think, because I, I, I don't know. For what it's worth, I've conveyed to you some of what I think. Uh, I think there's a really interesting emotional tenor to this record that I'm still processing myself, having listened to it 50, 60, 70 times. Mm. Uh, I feel that's like a lot has, of times to listen to it. Well, I try to listen to records uh, as much as I can before I'm talking to someone because uh, I don't have any questions prepared. I just like to have everything in my feeble brain yeah. uh, so I can be in the moment. But when I think on it, it is a very dynamic, emotionally dynamic record. And I think that speaks to like, I feel like there's the propulsive stuff and then there's the contemplative stuff. And that comes through in both the lyrics and the uh and the kind of um, soundscapes you've selected. So I just want, and I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple of songs where I'm like, I have, I'm like, what happened? Where did the volume go? Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, like things just drop out and you have to really focus in on them. Uh, and then all of a sudden the song, the band blasts back into to play. And I find that in a sense, I'm not going to suggest it's moody. Sorry, were you sincere when you were asking me this question? I'm just going on and on. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was, I was sincere. It's hitting me on a few different registers, and as you can tell by my, um, yeah, I, I, sometimes I listen to records now that are coming out, and I worry that I'm, uh, I'm just bringing a lot more of myself to them than I usually. I just usually listen and I think about them and I talk to people like you, but everything's hitting me on an. I, yeah, I got emotional watching the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm in an emotional state, so everything that people like you who I admire are saying, I'm really trying to think about it. And but it's hitting me on a less on an on an emotional level, almost more than an intellectual level these days. And I mm-hmm. don't, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's more it's about me, and I think it's about the time. But all I wanted to say, really, in the end, is uh, I really appreciate it. I appreciate what you've done, and uh, like I say, the whole family's been digging it. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, so I just wanted to say that. For what it's worth, that's what. Uh, if you have any more questions for me, text me, email me. <laughs> but okay, I, <laughs> I just want to say congratulations. Um, on that note, uh, uh, can you tell us about what's coming up next? You've alluded to new things, uh, things you're already working on. I assume- yeah, just a oh, just ahead. touring. I mean, going to yeah. tour this record. Yeah, and just try and try and finish the next one. And is that already? It sounds like you were already thinking about it. Is it in some sort of progress? Oh, it's 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 yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty far along actually. Okay. Awesome. I'd say at least at least half done, maybe even two thirds done. We'll we'll see. You don't have to be that precise. No one's holding you to account. I just uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's seventy. It's seventy percent done. <laughs> that's excellent. Congratulations on mm-hmm. that too. I look forward to hearing that. Okay, if people want to learn more about your band, and I mean, we talked about social media, you're pretty popular and active on your Twitter there, but is there anywhere um, you'd like people to go to specifically to learn more about you and the New Pornographers? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the, the New Pornographers.com? Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't know. Maybe I'll have there. To, I'll have to uh, Google it. You're on Merge Records now, just too. Go- just Google us. Just Google New Pornographers and see what, see what comes up. Fair enough. You're on Merge Records now, too, which is exciting. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, very psyched about that. That's very cool. Great label, and uh, I'm I'm happy for you there, too. Well, Carl, uh, yeah, this record is uh, it's out March 31st, 2023, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, we can yes. go out, if we can go out on a song from the record, uh, I wonder if you might choose one for us and, and maybe tell us why it came to mind. Shit, I don't know. I don't know. How about the song, Continue as a Guest? 
I know. It felt like it was the weird. It felt like it was the weirdest song on the record. It was. It was the weirdest song on the record that I wasn't too sure about when we were making it. But it was the song I. I. I was getting a lot of positive reinforcement from, like just from band members or people working on the record. I felt like it was a song that they were gravitating towards, and so I thought, okay, that's good to know. It, I. It, it, it's maybe it's not too weird if you're liking it, then. I like I'm it. I think it's vaguely about the inevitability of uh, things being finite. Is that a way of putting it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the op- yeah, I know. I don't. I. I like. I. I don't want it to sound like a suicide note or anything, you know. But um, you know, I. I. I think. I think it's. I think it's about just uh, settling into your place in the universe. I don't view it as resignation. I view it as recognition. Like one of the lines here is, it's a sun, it's going to set. This isn't quantum shit. Like this, some of what, there's a sort of a highlighting of uh, what normal actually is and what people don't accept as normal, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what. Yes. Yeah. Basically. That's what I'm struggling with. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. when I go out into the world, I'm like, why is everyone behaving this way? Oh, this is just the way it is, and I have to accept it. It's it's not quantum shit. This is just what's happening. So sorry. Yeah. As you can tell, I've tried to internalize this record maybe more than I should have, uh, but I, it it mm-hmm. it is hitting me on a few different registers. Okay, let's go to it now. This is the title track from the brilliant new pornographer's record. Uh, it's called "Continue as a Guest." Carl, uh, it's always a pleasure for me to speak with you. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and I hope we speak again soon. And and best of luck in the future. Yeah. Yeah, nice talking to you. All right, take it easy. Show me. 
should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I really hope you enjoyed that uh, animated conversation with Carl Newman from The New Pornographers. Uh, Nice to have Carl back on the show. This time, for the 763rd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you've heard about and you're looking for it everywhere, uh, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, which I'm very behind on, I'm sorry, please visit vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook. You can follow the show on Twitter, currently, at vishcreative, or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram, currently, at vishkana. 
Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain all of the work I put into making this uh, podcast for you as much as I possibly can. Really, once a week, twice a week, this week as I'm speaking to you, got two episodes. It's, uh, it's a lot of work. And the, the least icky uh, revenue stream is the Patreon. That feels good. And so thank you to everyone who has made time and uh, made some room in their budget to support uh, this work I do uh, on my Patreon. $6 American or more a month grants you access to exclusive content. You get episodes a bit earlier than everybody else. Uh, I will try to stick up, uh, you know, uh, 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 archive material sometimes, bonus material sometimes on the Patreon if... Uh, if you want to, if you like that kind of stuff, and some of it's pretty, pretty good, if I may say, it's fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control T-shirt, I still have a, a decent supply of the two designs: the yellow and the red, with the pizza and my giant head on it. Maroon, I guess, is really not so darker than red. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to send you one at six dollars or more a month, if that makes sense for you. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, thanks again for listening to the show and for considering supporting it at patreon.com slash creative control. It means a lot. Speaking of thanks, thanks again to the excellent uh, Alberta record retailer, two brick-and-mortar locations in Edmonton and Calgary. They're called Blackbird Music, and you can learn more about them and order things from their website uh, at uh, blackbird.ca. also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. I always want to thank my friend Jim Guthrie, who I was just texting with uh, today, as a matter of fact, for letting me use some music of his on the show. Uh, I don't always text with Jim. It's uh, we, we try. We try to communicate, but it's hard. Anyway, you can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org, and maybe you can text him via his website. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this uh, episode with the new pornographers, uh, Carl Newman. Check out their uh, beautiful new album, Continue as a Guest. Please uh, subscribe to this podcast or follow it. Tell your friends all about it. Refer a friend to the show. You know what I mean? Tell them to listen to it, maybe support it on the Patreon. That would be helpful. And uh, otherwise, do nothing. You don't have to do any of those things. They're just suggestions. I have to go now. Uh, Everyone in my house is being quiet so I can record this uh, outro, and I think they want to talk because we're all a bunch of talkers. Who would have thought? Anyway, talk to you soon. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.